Hey there, I'm Pat Wally, and this is Credit Matters, a show from your friends here at Dignity Credit Solutions. We visit with successful entrepreneurs as they share how they got started and how they grew their business over the years. So sit back, turn us up, and enjoy as we pull back the curtain on business, people, finances, and how you can improve your credit because credit matters. Welcome again to another episode. I've got a very special guest today, uh, Lauren Cohen. She's an international lawyer, a global mobility strategist, speaker, author, and just all around great person. I had the opportunity of meeting you, Lauren. Uh, we talked and I'm just so happy to have you here on my podcast. So Thank you. It's a pleasure. And, and now you're out in Florida, right? I am out in Florida. Well, I am in Florida. Okay. To you, I'm out in Florida, but yes, yeah, I'm in that's Florida. That's right. To you, you're just in Florida. To me, I'm you're 3,000 miles away. Yeah. Right, exactly. The, the great thing about technology, right? Here we Isn't are. Isn't it, though? So, and, um, so uh, thanks for taking the time today. And we're going to just dive right in. Um, now, I, I originally, when we talked, I, I mean, I was kind of not sure what those global mobility strategists and internet, international immigration of your businesses. Can you just tell us a little bit about? Uh, what it is you do and and how you do it? Um, sure. So I am an international lawyer licensed in the U.S. and Canada. I'm originally from Toronto. I am an immigrant, although it's probably not as obvious as um, you would think because you can't just see it and, and you can't obviously hear it, although some people can still hear my Canadian accent. <laughs> so I have been working with people from all over the world, helping them come into the U.S. and actually go out of the U.S. for many years. And I really help people find ways to live, work, and play around the world by getting them the legal protections that they need wherever they're going. So for example, if you're a coach, a speaker, an author, an expert, a real estate investor, a business owner, and you're investing in other countries, you may be violating the law and event planners as well. You may be violating the law, and you probably are, as soon as you take a payment in that other country. So I help figure out strategies and solutions so that you're not violating the law, and we get the proper protections in place so that you can expand your business internationally without hitting roadblocks and getting stuck at the border. That's pretty much what I do. The global expansion, uh, global mobility strategist, is I also have a corporate relocation company, so we basically figure out ways to help these people move both physically and in terms of their business. So, you know, the physical move is, is important too, although today less important, certainly, mm-hmm, because you can mm-hmm. run a business from anywhere. But people today want that laptop lifestyle and want to be able to live and work and play literally anywhere in the world, particularly between the U.S. and Canada, but not, not exclusively. So I work with a lot of Israelis, a lot of Brazilians, a lot of Argentinians, Brits, Canadians, since I am one, and mm-hmm. I help move, move them all around the world. And, and as well... Americans that are running events and doing business outside of America need the protections as well. And they're often just overlooking that important piece and they're not getting proper um, intellectual property protections in their home country, which could expose them in the new country they're going to. So let's look and figure out how to get you protected so that you can scale your business internationally and successfully. Yeah. I mean, intellectual property is something that, now, I know companies spend millions and millions of dollars on patents and lawsuits and all kinds of crazy protection because intellectual property is not necessarily physical. 
Right, um, it's not. It's, and you know, how do you know? How can you tell it's yours if somebody else is using it? How in the world do you know that that's actually my, my property? Right. So I think that's yeah. really fascinating. I've been in the IT industry for 25 years, mm -hmm. so intellectual property and international uh, protection is definitely something I've been part of for many, many years. Um, and I too many people, Pat, in our space, especially, mm -hmm. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but in know. our entrepreneurial space, <clears throat> people just take for granted that they can use brands and names, like they just create brands and they don't get them protected. Um, I work with an amazing intellectual property attorney. And one of the reasons I work with him almost exclusively is because we do a search first. Mm -hmm. So let's say that you're using a mark and you want to expand, even if you're doing it domestically and you're using a, a mark or a tagline or something. You want to make sure that you're not using somebody else's tagline. You don't actually want to apply for a trademark until you check if that tagline or trademark or logo is being used. And there, you don't just look on the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office website and say, I've done a search. <laughs> there are, there, that's why you know, these, these um, intellectual property attorneys, most of them, almost all of them, are also engineers. So they created these algorithms, built these algorithms to check. So that while you're building your brand, you're going to make sure that your brand is available, not just to trademark, to, but to use. Because if you, let's say, apply for a trademark and that trademark is being used by somebody else, you've suddenly put them on notice. And then you can be in violation of that whole trademark um, um, law and be subject to huge fines. So, you, you know, these steps are important steps, not only for you as you're scaling internationally, but also domestically, because you want to protect yourself. Well, so right. it's a it's a big deal. So so when you say um, scaling, now I'm I know we talked a little bit. You deal with pretty some pretty large corporation setups. What's the largest company that you've actually dealt with? I'm dealing right now with a um, thirty million dollar company that's lost a lot of its traction in the past few years because the principals took their eyes off the ball, mm -hmm. and so as a result, we're trying to get them. They're they're down to ten million now, and we're trying to get them back up. And it is a tech company that delivers a product, but it's all done online. $20 million so, change? Right. $30 million to 10, that's a big step. All because they were just not paying, yeah, they were not paying any attention at all. That's a lot of liability. Um, mm -hmm. So now, so first of all, from Canada, A, I'm glad, uh, you know, Bob and Doug McKenzie fan myself, I don't know if you like hockey or not. Do you, do you hockey. like hockey? Of course. Did you play when you were a kid? Me? Yeah. Do I look like a hockey player? Hey, ho there's no such thing as what a hockey player looks like. I mean, if you live in Canada, it was kind of a school sport, wasn't it? Well, yes, but um, so I'll tell you real quick. Hockey was such a part of my life, although I didn't play, that my dad, Oliver Shalom, he passed away wearing his Toronto Maple Leaf shirt. Aww. So he was such a Leafs fan. And uh, yeah, so I grew up with hockey and we've had seasons tickets in our family since the 40s. Dang. When we weren't allowed to use the name Cohen because the Maple Leafs would not allow Jews to own season's tickets. What do you oh, think about that? And now I would say 70% of the tickets <laughs> are owned by Jews. Hey, what in, about in, that? In, uh, in Air Canada Center or whatever you call it now. I don't even know. I'm I so out of the loop. But, yeah. but anyway, yeah. So I grew up with hockey. And right now I got to say, I mean, I, I'm not following it. We don't, you know, Panthers. I mean, what yeah. can I say? Florida but hockey. Those two words don't go together, right? Right. <laughs> I do have a former Maple Leafs hockey player's son on my son's little league team down here. So oh, that's kind of cool. That is cool. Yeah. Yeah. So who well, knew? And, and I asked about hockey because my mom raised some foster kids after we were gone, oh. gone and gone. 
And right. when it, and we were in Colorado, <clears throat> one of the things that she did was she went down to the Pepsi Center for their practices mm -hmm. and has met Ray Bork and Joe Sackick and all the guys from nice. Montreal. And yeah, yeah. So we got a Ray Bork, we got a sign stick the year they won cool. the cup and everything. It was cool. So yeah. We don't have we, many cups recently in Toronto, not no. since 1967. It's been a while, kind of like the cup. A long right? time, 52 <laughs> years. They're due, right? They're All the due. Fans. They've been due forever. There was a couple of times we were getting close, and I, but but no cigar. Yeah, Not yet, well, at least. Maybe fun. one time in my I, lifetime. You never yeah. know. Yeah, you never know. It only takes one year, right? And, right. And twenty-five, thirty million dollars. Right. Um, <laughs> and I, I gotta say, hockey. I've watched all kinds of professional sports. Hockey is. Far and away, the most fun sport to watch. Live. It's interesting. It's fun. It. There's activity. It's not like baseball. We're like, okay, like yeah. what's going on? It's like you could fall asleep. I mean, I love baseball and all of that, but right. it's it's just not nearly. I mean, basketball has a lot of activity. It is. There's but if you stand up in a basketball on. game to move, right, you're you don't get yelled at like you do in hockey. Right. It takes right. one time to find that out, right? Sit right. Down, exactly. Yeah. Right. Right. Have beers thrown at me and stuff. It was crazy. Right. Um, so anyway, yeah, so we kind of got off on that tangent, but and I ask about Canada. So you say a lot of the, your international business is Canada, sure. uh, U.S. Canada. Now, you, you talked about moving a business to Canada international. So I'm sure there's a lot of speakers in the, in the United States that end up doing Canadian gigs. What, are, what do they have to watch out for specifically? So it's, it's interesting because people don't realize that um, it's as big a deal to go into Canada as it is to come into the U.S. Mm -hmm. So there's a video online about Tony Robbins. You may have heard of him once or twice. And he was prevented at, the, at um, Canadian can Customs from going into a, an event in Calgary. Um, I think it was Calgary several years ago because, and detained at the border for six hours and almost <laughs> missed his event. So there's a big shot who everybody yeah. knows, probably the customs people knew him, I'm sure, I'm but they sure. decided to be jerks or whatever, and they can. Now, the reality is that you're allowed to go and, and speak at events and do certain things, but once you're going and potentially running business there or, or selling from the back of the room or being paid to speak, you know, one off, you can get a, um, you can often take a letter from a lawyer, which we can prepare just to cover you, generally, you're not going to have an issue. But as soon as you start going regularly, like, you know, once a month, once every other month, I have a client right now that I'm getting a visa for. He's a very big influencer from Calgary, and he does a lot of his business in the U.S. So he is being proactive before he has a problem. He has had <laughs> issues at the border, but no big deal. And he's being proactive and getting a visa in his passport so he can go back and forth without having issues. He's not planning to move to the U.S. So Right. It's the same goes for Americans going to Canada. Let's get you that one-off. Let's get you that, that uh, approval. Let's get you a letter to say that you're just going in for this purpose. Or if it's bigger than that, let's get you a, an actual visa to run events. There are visas available that don't require you to move. So let's okay. figure out how that looks. And there's often as well, and this is something a lot of people don't realize, grants available for people that are going back and forth across these, these borders and from other countries, from the UK, from Australia, from India, from Brazil. I mean, there are, there are options that are available for people. It's just a matter of working with the right team and doing the right research. And people tend to not do that. I'm writing um, an article right now 
which will be a download available to my um, strategic partners. And it's called, I don't remember what it's called exactly, but it's basically the top 10 tips to build a successful, uh, to expand your business internationally with success. And, and awesome. you know, one of the things, like, I don't know if you're, if you know about this, but um, Target, I, I was talking with my, my boyfriend about this yesterday. Target expanded into Canada, I think in 2011. Now Target's a pretty big company, right? Mm -hmm. So they expanded into Canada and they didn't probably do the right research. This is Target. Target, they lasted yeah. three years. They failed miserably and they closed their doors and lost a lot of money. Wow. So, and a big part of it was supply chain issues because they had, you know, Canada is a small, it's a huge country with a small population. Right. So you have to be able to supply your, your stores across your, wherever you're building your location. They did not do the right location research. Now, Walmart is very successful in Canada, very successful, hmm. but Target failed. It was looked at, I mean, Target here is not, at, it's, it's higher than Walmart, certainly. In Canada, it ended up being lower. It just didn't, really? it didn't create, yeah. You know, when, I think that one of the biggest, well, I know that one of the biggest issues about countries or countries, companies that are expanding or people that are bringing businesses, trying to set up businesses in other countries is uh -huh. you don't think about the fact that it's a different country. Well, no, even it's just between, Canada, right? <laughs> it's just Canada. And even between Canada and the US, like I'm Canadian, let me tell you, every day, not every day, but quite often there are still surprises that come up, like mm. banking issues, postal issues, um, political issues, you know, uh, like it's just, it's a different culture and a different society. And it's, it's particularly even, it's an even bigger issue when you're coming from another a really foreign country, like the Far East or you're Israel right. or Brazil, right. because you have a lot of adjustments to make. So I think that the important thing when you're doing those moves into or out of these countries you know american american companies don't always succeed when they expand and vice versa but if you work with a good team of experts that can really hold your hand through the process and mm -hmm. handle all these nuances for you rather than just saying okay i need a moving company and an immigration lawyer and a <laughs> business lawyer and a this um but but instead just handling i'm sorry about that it's okay phone blocked <laughs> That instead of like it, you can't do one-offs you have to right. have it as a harmonized approach and if you have it as a harmonized approach that one single source is holding your hand through the process like me and and saying okay you need this and you need that and let's see where do we want to set up and how do we want to do it and when do we want to do it and how do we want to market and what's our marketing plan and you know there's it, it's it's got to be a comprehensive harmonized approach or you're going to fail and then you're going to lose a lot of money and it goes sure. just as well for people that are running events in other countries. I have a colleague, she's from Arizona. She was running an event in the UK uh, a couple of months ago and 10 people, 10 Americans were prevented from attending her event. Now, she still ran the event, but she didn't, she didn't know and they didn't know that they needed certain documents in place to get to the event and get their seats into, the, uh, get their butts in the seats. Really, so if I go to, so I had a friend who did a lot of events in Australia. So there's certain rules over there, over in other yes. countries that if, yes. even if I'm running an event in, in say Canada or yes. you say UK, I yes. have to have certain paperwork to be, uh, I don't know about American. have to, but I know about, I know about checking. checking. I know about yeah. researching. I know about, okay, well, what do we need? Because you don't want to, 
you know, first of all, those 10 seats were empty. So she lost a bit of money, which right. she could have probably saved by, let's say, working with me as the event, because I'm like the visa event expert. So I'm going to figure out what do you need to get to that event? What do you need to run the event? What do you need to be able to sell at the event? How do you get that to happen? How do you make sure to as great an extent as possible that you're not violating the law? Right, right. Because, you know, there's always interpretation and things change. So, I mean, that brings up a really interesting point. So if, if I'm a, a speaker and I'm traveling internationally, how would I know that I should be, I mean, like what kind of triggers or, or flags should I look for to be like, oh, I should call Lauren? You're not going to know. It's a matter of taking proactive action. The okay. only time that you're really going to know is if you get stopped. Oh, I see. That. And that's like, you don't want to go to the doctor Too late. you're sick, right? Go, right. Go, okay, I got you. It's okay. like getting, it's, it's, it's really like, use, it's preventative medicine. And you may not need anything, but that insurance that you're getting in place could save you a huge amount of money right. because you could, if you're not able to get there, you're going to lose your deposits. You're going to lose the money from the event. You're going to lose your back of the room sales. You're going to lose right. all of that because you can't get to the event. Credibility. Yeah. Credibility, huge. Right. And actually, oh, yeah. So-and-so can't, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other dimension of what goes on with these companies that are expanding internationally is that they risk losing a huge amount of credibility. Like Target definitely lost credibility by sure. going into Canada. Tim Hortons also failed coming into the U.S. Now they're connected with Burger King, and it's a whole right. different thing. But, what, like, Tim Hortons is one of and the most, probably the most successful yeah, they're huge in Canada. They're huge. Huge. Okay. Yeah. Huge. I mean, each store, like <laughs> they're lined up like down the street every wow. single day. Okay. It's crazy. And here <laughs> they just couldn't make it. And it's not necessarily because of Dunkin' or Starbucks. It's just because they didn't modify their approach. And so, you know, they get stuck and, and it doesn't matter how big or small you are. It just matters if you, if you're ready to adapt and if you That's create the right. Yeah. Hmm. And I actually know somebody that was um, part of that move over into the U.S. Ah. Tim Hortons. I had never heard of Tim Hortons before. And, really? And they were like, oh, you don't know what Tim Hortons is? Where you been living under a rock or what? Yeah. So, but Americans don't know. Yeah, I mean, now we not, know. Yeah. Now you know. Right. It's pretty crazy, right? So, uh, and and that's really interesting. I, I'm, and every time I talk with you, I, I find out more that I didn't even know. Um, just like, you know, the, the going into Canada. To not have to be able to do business in Canada, a one-off versus a multi-family. It's really as simple as talking with you, maybe getting yeah. a visa set up, and then you can do that without fear. Correct. Um, you know, like insurance, right? It's better to have it and not it's need like it. Like insurance, need it, it really is. It. Yeah. Correct. So and and so you wrote a book about this, right? Um, I've written a couple of books, but yes, I did write a book about business immigration. Yes. And and it's called Finding Your Silver Lining in the Business Immigration Process. Now, living in California, immigration has a different connotation for a lot yes, of people. Yes, for sure. Uh, can yeah. you kind of go into a little bit what, what that book means, what the, you know, finding your silver lining in the business immigration process, and, and how did that come about? So I was doing, you know, my, my focus is business immigration, which means, it, which means people with money, setting up <laughs> companies, you know, moving companies, expanding companies, um, but not definitely not illegal immigration. No. There's, uh, it, it's all legal, financially driven immigration generally. So I myself am, am an immigrant, and as you know, and I came in and got my green card and then became a citizen and started working with, well, I'll tell you this kind of funny story. It's not that funny, but 
I started working in the immigration field, not by, not by like choice or whatever, but by circumstance. My ex-husband was deported on the way back from our honeymoon. Oh, and man. he was actually expeditiously removed, put into immigration jail, and deported on the way back from our honeymoon 13 <laughs> years ago. Oh, my gosh. So, at the time, I was working in healthcare and um, doing a little bit of business stuff. And um, my, my, um, my immigration attorney asked me to write an immigration business plan. And I did. And so I fell into business immigration, kind of like that. And then I realized that there was a missing piece of this one, again, this one person show, this one person to manage everything and oversee the process and hold your hand. Because mm. in business immigration, you're making a business investment, you're setting up a company, you're trying to run that business, you're coming from a different country, which has mm -hmm. all kinds of different cultural issues and so on. And then you're also getting a visa. And then you're trying to run your business after you get the visa. So I realized that there was a need for this single source provider to manage it all. And then because I was in this coaching program and everybody was writing books and I figured I need to write a book and I wanted to be an author. <laughs> and so I wrote this book about all of these business immigration options and the front of the book, the preface, which I'd love to share with you, Pat, I think you'll enjoy it or grab a copy of the book talks about my experience, my personal experience that prompted me to with, with this ex-husband that prompted me to fall into this uh, immigration world. And then wow. once I got in it, there was this thing called EB-5, which was mm -hmm. a program, you've heard of it, where foreign investors invest in a US business and get a green card by virtue of their investment and job creation, simplifying it a lot. Right, this, right. This EB-5 has changed drastically in the past several years and almost doubled in minimum investment thresholds in November. Oh, wow. so, it, so my whole business model changed, but I was an EB-5 expert. I still am, but it's just that the, the business has changed and the industry has changed and there's a lot of fraud. More but, money. Get right, more money, exactly. right? Money, yeah. money breeds greed and greed, greed oh my breeds gosh. fraud. I remember so when I, it changed, I was like, what? Yeah, yeah crazy. It's a big deal. Yeah. So that, so that's how I got, that's how I wrote the book as part of, you know, building my own credibility. I'm, I've also authored a book called Striking the Perfect Match, which is about um, matching franchise franchises with foreign investors because foreign investors are great investors into franchises. And I just have a book coming out now, which I'm a co-author of called Your Time Is Now. And I think there's 21 women that wrote about our own stories about how we became what we are. Excellent. And I also have another book coming out called Immigrant Hustle, which I'm, a, which I'm also a collaborative author. And that's about immigrants that came here and have made a difference. The, so, the side hustle turns into a real hustle, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So now this immigration process, this was when you started your entrepreneurial journey or was? Yes, pretty much. I mean, I, I worked in-house before that in, yeah. you know, in various companies. Um, I always had that entrepreneurial bend. Right. But once it happens, it it's takes a, you over, right? It does. It's consuming. Yeah. And so if you can, if, if you can think of something that you would like to do for like, if, it's like sleep gets in the way of what you want to do. And <laughs> you wake up yeah. thinking about it, you go to bed thinking about it. And you can't help it. It's <clears throat> it's scary. And and I don't think anybody really understands. Like I don't think it, it's people so I have th this boyfriend of mine and he's like, You need to relax. You work too hard, blah blah blah. I'm like, but it, I love it. Like it's, it's not, not like work. I love it. It's not work. I can't help Some it. I, I want to do it. I love yeah. it. You're so, like Joe, I, my buddy Joe. Uh, do you know Joe? Joe DiCera? 
He's a CPA up in New York, and he's been doing it. I should probably meet him. Yeah, I'll introduce you guys. He's got a good good deal going too, and uh, he's been a CPA for over thirty years. Yeah. And he's still learning, and he's still putting right. out new content. He just he loves what he does. Right. And he he he's so attached to his clients, and it sounds like you're the same way. It's like my clients need to know this because they don't right. know it. Right. That's and it's true. so important to know. I mean, I can't even imagine what that must have been like to have somebody <laughs> deported on the way back to your honeymoon. Oh my god! No, gosh. you can't. You're like, what just happened here? Wow. You cannot imagine the experience it was right in the process of me getting my green card and it was just it happened in chicago at chicago o'hare and we had we were coming back from thailand and oh my goodness i just thinking about it i'm like i'm like they're they're like we're we're putting your husband in jail i'm like what what are you talking about what this is a joke am i being punked is is ashton kutcher around here somewhere with a camera there's no way what do you mean putting him in jail oh my goodness Crazy, well, I'm glad that that worked time. out. And, you know, God has a way of putting things in our lap. And now look at what's happened. You've turned into right, you turn a, a silver lining. That's why the book lining. is called Finding Your Silver Lining. There and also go. I have a nonprofit called Finding Your Silver Lining. So that's another thing I do. I set up nonprofits as well. Oh, cool. Well, I know some people that could definitely use your help on that. I um, definitely do that. And you have a website, ecouncilinc.com. E- no, you don't have to have the dash, okay. but. ecouncilinc.com slash go global and there's a ton of tools and resources there and pretty much gives an overview of what you do on the website and there was an assessment it was a scale-up checkup which i'll talk a little bit about that Mm -hmm. um so businesses are i mean the purpose and i do you know i deal with a credit business credit Mm -hmm. money and financing and one of the things you talk about is being able to scale your business for different things and one of them is you know your your finances right yes Uh, so how did you come across, I took the scale up checkup and I, I'm, my business is pretty okay, but I was like, wow, I didn't even know to look for that. It, it opened my eyes quite a bit. Do, can you spend just a couple minutes talking about what that scale up checkup is and how our listeners could possibly get a hold of that? So the problem now, it's not a problem, but the challenge is giving you a coupon code, which I will give you after so you can share it because otherwise there it's a $47 cost, but I'm happy to give you the coupon code. But um, generally speaking, I just kept seeing both, both domestic businesses and foreign businesses or foreign investors coming in and starting businesses and then paying no attention to the foundation of their business, just focusing on marketing and sales. But marketing and sales can only go so far before you hit a wall. And then you're like, okay, well, what about, you know, did I even set up my company? Mm. Do I have my minute book up to date? Do I, did I protect my intellectual property? Do I have a, an accountant, a bookkeeper? What am I doing for my books? What about filing taxes? What about all the legal documents I need? What about a business plan and a you know, financial model and all this, my mission statement? So I said, uh, it was about two years ago when I said, you know, there's, there's a missing piece in this puzzle, in this entrepreneurial puzzle in America, and people are not paying any attention to the foundation. So I created mm-hmm. a system. It's called Scale Up Checkup. It's a three-step system. I assess gaps in a business's armor in seven areas, which you did. That's the assessment. Then I diagnose solutions to fill the gaps, which is a success plan. It's a global success plan that I created, which is step two, which we can talk about doing with your your business. And basically, that's like a blueprint for all the things that you need to do to take your business from where you are to where you want to go. Hmm. And then step three is deliver. So assess, diagnose, deliver, ADD. Sound ADD. like an entrepreneur? Hey, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and the deliver is actually through a network of vetted 
professionals like yourself, for example, that could provide credit restoration or credit, uh, you know, solutions to these clients that need the, the financial piece. And most of them or a lot of them do. So I created this to help figure out where the business could go and how it could get there and create a roadmap for them. And so that's what that's all about. It was a lot of fun. I mean, I took it. I, I have to believe I was a little bit nervous. I'm like, do I really want to expose what holes I have <laughs> in my business? But, you know, an entrepreneur, you, you need to know, right? So you do. I took it. It was pretty easy. It only took me a few minutes. And I had to be honest with myself. I mean, there's some things where it's like, well, no, I'm not, but I want to be. Then I just right. said, oh, that's a that's a no, Pat. You know, check no on that one. But I, I really liked what I, I liked how you put it together. It was very easy. Thank you. And hopefully my listeners will take advantage of whatever opportunity. I'd love them to. And yeah, then there's a free great. consult after to yeah. talk about your results and Fantastic. see if there's ways we can help you scale. Scaling is so important. Systematizing, working with professionals, getting a team to do the okay. things that we don't know how to do. I'm good at some things. But there, I, I'm learning the further I go on my journey, there's things that are just not in my wheelhouse. I and can there, there learn it, but right. I'm not going to be the expert at it. Um, you can't. We, none of us can. I'm not, I, if somebody says to me, are you going to do my p and I'm like, hmm, um, not a good plan, right? <laughs> I can use Build my website, would you? Yeah. Right. Forget that. But <laughs> I'm not, you know, I'm an expert at what I'm an expert. And my right. four favorite words, Pat, are stay in your lane. Stay in your Those lane. Those are my four favorite words that I would use every day of the week. Because if you don't stay in your lane, you're going to hit a wall. And at the end of the day, we need to bring in the experts around us that do the things that we don't do and That's stay right. in our lane and do the things we do best. And especially that allows us to also scale our business much more successfully. Perfect. And now what is the name of your company specifically? Well, I have two companies, but my main company is eCouncil Inc. That's actually the name of the company. You can find me on Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter and uh, well, on, on Instagram, it's Lauren Cohen ESQ, but everywhere okay. else, it's, it's eCouncil Inc. And um, I have a lot of contacts on LinkedIn. I'd love to add, I know that that's how, where we were connected initially by Karen. Yeah. And, um, and I, I'm, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. I publish articles and I'm, I have a very active cool. Facebook page. And um, yeah, so that's my company's eCouncil Inc. I also have Scale Up Enterprises and that's where the house of the Scale Up Checkup is. I got you. Cool. And so uh, speaking of staying in your lane, and we'll have, a, by the way, listeners, we'll have all that information in the show notes. There'll be links to the book, links to the website. And if we can get a coupon code, we'll get that in there as well. So yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Definitely do that. Also, um, so speaking of staying in your lane, I always ask my guests, uh, driving in a lane, what's the fastest you've ever been in a vehicle, either driving or as a passenger? Fast fast i'm not gonna say because it was definitely with my dad oliver shalom my dad had a mine, way. Was, mine was 126 so where was that in atlanta okay. it was a long time ago they can't get you seven year you know seven year thing so. <laughs> my, my client the one i'm getting the visa for from calgary yeah he just posted something on facebook he was i think two years ago uh, in germany at the porsche um plant oh, that was his man. lifelong dream and he took one out on the Autobahn, and I don't know. Like, I didn't, I didn't go in it, but, yeah, I could just imagine. So, but my dad used to drive very fast. He was not always observant of the speed limit. <laughs> they can't get him because, unfortunately, he's not with us. But that is sad. I'm sorry. They were, he would drive, like, it was one time I had to go. It was Halloween night, and I was flying to Paris, 
and he ha he was taking me to the airport and he drove <laughs> in the shoulder on the on the highway the whole way <laughs> to get you to the <laughs> I, was so, I was so embarrassed but he got me there so dang yeah wow anyway. wow he sounds like he was a really nice man my dad was amazing i miss him every day yeah well that's you know that's the the reason i think a lot of uh, entrepreneurs do what they do is to leave that legacy Mm -hmm. and um, pass something on to our next generation, whether it be our kids, yes. our nieces, nephews, whatever. And it's so important to, um, to live life today and definitely uh, appreciate what we have, but also look toward tomorrow and see what we can create for the future. Um, 100%. I think that's, I, I really see what you're doing here as a valuable service. Thank you. I didn't even know it really was needed. And then the more I got to talking with you and picked you up, I'm like, wow, you know what? If I ever go overseas, which I plan to for my speaking, I better be aware of what I'm dealing with. The, the but we might even out, be able to help you with some other stuff too, the, 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 you know, the domestic stuff as well and sure. figuring out how to, even, how to scale even further and how to manifest that. Yeah. And, yeah. Sounds good. It's really comprehensive. So I'd, I'd love that opportunity. And sorry, I'm just, okay. Sorry. No, that's okay. So, we, had, we had some technical issues this morning and, you know, that's, we're good. that's part of it, right? <laughs> I mean, our backup, our backup didn't work. That's if you, if you don't, if you have an entrepreneurial life and you don't have something go wrong, you're doing it wrong, right? Correct. Agreed. <laughs> so, Absolutely. Um, well, we're going to wrap this up, Lauren. Uh, would you be willing to come back again and maybe talk a hundred percent? I'd love right that. On. Anytime, I'd love it. I'd love yeah. to do some kind of a you know regular thing where maybe we could even do. I don't know if you ever do the call-in, but I I love doing that, helping people and giving them the opportunity to ask questions or something. A call-in show. Hmm. Hadn't hadn't really maybe that's just in case. A feature, yeah, because you're you're awesome. By the way, I, I thank love, you. There's some people that you talk to and they give you an answer like yes. <laughs> do you like? Yeah, that's tell, us not me. Being, tell us about being an entrepreneur. It's great. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to say it's great every day no, it's, because it's not. And shoot. oftentimes it's exactly the opposite. It's like, what am I doing? Right. That's when you know you're on the brink of great stuff is when you go, you, you know, know what? It. This is too much. I can't deal right. with it. Yeah. And then exactly. the next day you're like, this is great. I can't get this away. This is awesome. Love it. Right. Yeah. Right. Cool. So we're going to uh, put, I got all your stuff here. I'm going to go ahead and post that in into the uh, show notes. I want to get a couple more links and make sure that we got all that in there. You actually have the coupon code because I shared it with you. That's how you did the assessment. Right. It's, it's somewhere buried deep in my electronic. If you need me to send it, I'm happy to whatever. You I need. think it's in the, in my um, Instagram messaging or something. I don't whatever know. you need. Whatever we did. Yeah. We're, you know what? It's probably in the LinkedIn messaging, which that was the first time I really used that by the way was. Yeah. So oh, you're cool. you're like a LinkedIn guru. I'm a, I'm a I'm virgin concerned. there with you. There you go. <laughs> hey, yeah, fifty some years old and first timer. So I cool. Um, is there anything that that I mean? This was a great show. I really appreciate all the information. Is there anything you want to leave my listeners with? Just you like know, the only thing I could think of to say, and again, I'm not sure of what your listenership is, but I'm not that scary lawyer. I really am here to have your back and. I always would caution you to just have the consult to find out if there's something that you're risking as you're scaling your business or going global, because it's better to know than to find out when it's too late mm. or get stuck. Or Great words like of that. advice. Yeah. And your story about Tony Robbins getting stuck. In mm -hmm. I mean, that can happen to anybody, right? So it can happen to anybody. And Except you're not me, scary. Because Except I, you. I'm, I'm a dual citizen. 
but you're covered. it could even happen, it happened to me too. <laughs> so I got told off once because I was using the wrong passport to travel into Canada. And they're like, you're violating the law. I'm like, I should know better. I'm an immigration lawyer. And then that was the end of that. So, but yeah, Boom. so Mic thank drop, you. It's right? been a real pleasure. I really yeah. appreciate it. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Of course. And I have to say, folks, I'm, I'm looking at Lauren right now. So when this gets to be on a video, you'll see, but Lauren is anything but scary. She's a wonderful person, great <laughs> smile, you. super personality, really easy to talk to. Definitely get in touch with her, utilize the, the deal that she's going to put in our, in our show notes and get in contact with her, find out. You just never know. And it's free, right? Never know. It's free. It's, it's easy. So cool. It's Thanks, a gift. Lauren. It's, it's not free, but I'm giving it's it to gift. you guys. That's free. right. It's, it's a, a complimentary Correct. So, For you that are watching this amazing show. That's right. The best podcast in the whole wide world. <laughs> and Lauren, thank you. Blessings. You have a great day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Amazing. Lauren Cohen, uh, global mobility strategist, international lawyer, speaker, author, her superpower definitely rests in helping companies expand internationally. She's got the scale up checkup and what we've been doing since this podcast was recorded in March. Uh, since then the COVID episode has hit and we've been pretty much locked in our homes and Lauren and I have been working together across the country, helping business owners to get their SBA silver lining and funding. Uh, Lauren is amazing at this. We both do our own zoom calls and we kind of pop into each other and help out that way. She's a great resource. I highly recommend you uh, get the, the link that I have in the show notes to get in touch with her, get to one of her zoom calls. She is amazing and has so much uh, knowledge and resources regarding the SBA. Um, some call it a debacle, but it was a huge, huge, uh, CARES Act, $2 trillion and counting to help businesses pivot or perish. And that's what her Facebook group is called. And that's what she does. Uh, she's a great resource. Find out, go into the links in the show notes. One of the advantages that your business should have, and then she talks about this, about pivoting, also about positioning your business to scale. Um, if you want to scale your business, you're going to either have a large reserve of cash or lenders, or you're going to need business credit. And that's where Dignity Credit comes in, as we help your business grow by providing you access to the financing and funding that you need. And current status, we are helping businesses stay alive by providing funding and financing. Lauren is the expert in the SBA realm, and my company, Dignity Credit Solutions, help businesses get no doc unsecured lines of credit up to $150,000, some of it at 0%. If that's something that needs to be you, contact us, dignitycreditsolutions.com forward slash biz. The link's in the show notes. And that kind of brings us to the end of our show. We're going to go ahead and give a credit tip. And that is to get business credit on your EIN, not your SSN. Lauren talked about protecting your business internationally. There are certain things that you, by signing your social security number, to lines of credit and loans for your business, you open up your personal assets for any problem that if your business fails. A lot of businesses and business owners are realizing that today as so many businesses are failing with this coronavirus epidemic and our pandemic, excuse me, a lot of stay at home orders, hundreds of thousands of people have died, but businesses are failing at an unprecedented rate. And they're finding out that personal assets 
are leveraged against some of these business loans. So if that's you, check us out, dignitycreditsolutions.com slash biz. Don't get stopped at the border of success with your credit issues. Um, I am your host, Pat Wally. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week as I have an amazing man, Scott Kent, and he's going to share his story about how he narrowly escaped death. It's a great story. It's scary. I had me on the edge of my seat. You won't want to miss it. Tune in next week right here, same channel. And as always, be blessed. <laughs>